Kaylee, I was in the shower today, and I've just kind of been in a weird headspace over these past few days, and I was just like, what episode are we recording? And I realized that it was cloudy chance of murder, and I got so upset with myself because this has a remake later on. They, okay, the audacity of this show. Yes. (laughs) To remake one of their own episodes. I just... Like, they really had it going for them on USA. They could do anything they wanted. Yeah, they really could. Thank God for it, because I I can't wait till we get to that one. And I'm going to keep my notes on this one for that purpose, I think. That's smart. Are you a bigger fan of this episode or the remake? Honestly, I have not let myself rewatch the remake in advance, so I'm not recalling exactly how much they change. Yeah. So I'm very excited to watch. So I don't know. We'll have to rank them after we do that one. I I totally agree. At this moment, I remember the original more. Now, I'm going to argue that I remember the original more before we I rewatched the episode for this podcast. But at the moment, I'm like, I think this one's my favorite. But pretty sure they changed the murderer in the the next one. So Mm. excited to see if I'm remembering that correctly or more likely incorrectly. Yeah, I I don't remember how much is different. I just remember being very confused that I was watching a different (laughs) episode, but it was an episode I knew the first time. I was like, Mm -hmm. no, wait, this is just, but it's not, what's happening? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll get into this one, and then I love that idea of saving our notes for the next time around. So. Wait, is it showtime? It's showtime. Welcome to To the Blueberry! To the Blueberry! I am a real life Sean Spencer, and I'm here with my own very special magic head herself. I uh, am Alexis, and I am, in fact, a real-life Gus, and <laughs> I just got finished editing the couple episodes ago where I got a pen stuck in my hair, and you were like, <laughs> oh, you are Magic Head, so shout out to uh, whomever maybe listened to that. Oh my gosh. Very on brand for both of us. I love yeah. that. We are on episode 12 of our favorite show, Psych. Because this is a rewatch podcast. Yeah, it is. And episode 12 is called Cloudy with a Chance of Murder. Okay, pause. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm going to start right here from the beginning. So my, my brain remembers it as Cloudy with a Chance of Murder. But I read the episode title multiple times, and it kept saying Cloudy dot 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 Chance of Murder. And I don't know what the title is. Well, according to IMDb, cloudy dot 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 with a chance of murder. I'm I'm so messed up. Again, my entire life is a I is mean, a if IMDb is to be trusted, that I like and I I thought that's what I wrote down from watching it on Peacock because I watch it on Peacock. The question that now stands is did I just completely miss that or is Amazon incorrect? checking that out now Uh, but in the meantime we can start with our flashback we are flashing back straight to 1985 and we enter on little Sean sitting in a courtroom with Henry and um, he's not he's not super pleased he's like dad why do those people get better seats than us that's so cute And Henry starts a spiel about how, you like, those are the most important people here. They are the justice system. They're the jurors. And they're the people who, like, in this case, are going to be making the final decision. Like, it, it, it comes down to them, um, basically, in Henry's eyes. Um, but... And that's when Henry starts to show Sean that it's possible to read the jurors. You can kind of look at them, and uh, that is what we call deductive reasoning. 
<laughs> um, and try to figure out kind of some things about him. So they they end up focusing on this one gentleman who uh, has a bunch of stuff going on, but he happens to have a little hole in his shirt. And Henry points out that Sean's mom would never let Sean go out with a hole in his shirt. So we can use deductive reasoning to realize that he's probably not married. Now, in the context of that case, I have no idea what how helpful that is or why that's important, but at least they figured something out. Yeah, because what happens next is Henry gets called to the stand as a witness um, for being a police officer. So we don't know if he was the arresting officer in whatever kind of case. We don't know anything about this case, nope. but he gets called up. And Henry says to Sean, one day you'll walk up the steps to this courthouse and you're going to make your old man proud. And um, <laughs> smash cut. <laughs> to present day where Henry, Henry, where Sean and Gus are on a walk and talk and they in fact are walking up the courtroom steps. However, it's because Sean's motorcycle has been impounded because he has $900 worth of parking tickets. Yeah. Um, Sean's pretty sure this is unconstitutional or something, but <laughs> Gus's vibe is just like, man, you wish. I, I love that line that he's trying to figure out. Like he's trying to say that taking someone's mode of transportation is unconstitutional. And he goes, it goes something like thou shalt not blah, 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 blah. Don't mess with Texas or take a person's transport. And I was like, that was a slick don't mess with Texas. I mean, I have the full the full text written down. Oh, do it, do it. This was very fun. It goes something like, thou shalt not something or covet something, don't mess with Texas, or the right of transportation. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and Gus nopes right out of there. Like, mm. But they end up on another walk and talk, and Sean's just straight up like, nope, not waiting in that line. But that's what you do as a human. You wait in lines. Not me. It wasn't meant for me. Yeah, it goes against his nature. He starts to, to go back to the parable of the scorpion and the frog, but we don't really get into it. <laughs> okay. Do you know the parable of the scorpion and the frog? Yeah, it has no bearing on this situation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I didn't. And I thought maybe he was talking about the, like... The tortoise, tortoise in the hair, about waiting and being patient, maybe? I think the scorpion and the frog is a little bit more like, oh, there are so there are so many that are similar to that, but it's basically like, don't trust an untrustworthy person to not do something bad. <laughs> like nothing to do with it. <laughs> okay, yeah. world, that email is... To the blueberry podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. If Correct you know me. the story, yes, please send us the story. Do not send us a link to the story. We're not clicking on your links. Nope. We want to hear it no. in your words. Also, checked our email today. We have five emails. All of them are Google security alerts. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> I knew I'd get you so excited. You guys should have seen Kaylee's face. She was like, what? Oh. <laughs> that was very much the vibe. <laughs> I really wanted us to have an email from someone, even if they were just five from Holly, being like, you guys are great. <laughs> yeah, we got, we got deadly squat. But I will continue to put that out there until someone sends us an email. Mm -hmm. uh, also, if you just want to tell us, like, anything, just send us an email. That'd be great, like, like Kaylee said. <laughs> so the... Okay, so here's what I have. Um, I forget what Gus is doing at this very moment, but there's this interesting music cue and Sean is watching this scene down the corridor. Am I right? Like, what is Gus doing oh, right here? I have no idea what Gus is. Oh, Gus had walked away. Yeah, I didn't For some remember reason. why. You he have just... no idea why. Oh, did he answer his phone or something? Sure. We'll sure. Anyway, okay. there's a music cue. Sean sees a lady. She bends over and picks up some trash that's in the hallway. She throws it away. And then she steers this suited man out of the way of another person because he was going to collide. So she's like very like, you know, conscientious and doing stuff. And she and Sean make eye contact. She smiles a little bit. And Sean's just kind of got this like inquisitive, bemused look. It's just, it's kind of neutral, but it's yeah. like interesting <laughs> yeah it, overall it was a very wholesome feel like i yeah i got the whole i got this 
wholesome vibe from her in that entire scene. Everything looks good. She was kind of being like she was being a good person for no reason which is a good reason to be a good person everybody yeah like she wasn't aware that anyone else was like watching her at that moment or anything she was just doing like like everyday thoughtful human things yeah can i pause just a second will you back up let me see that t-shirt because i see i see a magic head but that's all i see it says psych to predict and serve I've never seen that one. This is a great shirt, y'all. Let us know if we should start an Instagram just to, like, show all of Alexis's um, great psych t-shirts. For the record, uh, I have three of them and a t-shirt with a pineapple on it. And that's pretty much all I've got. But this one is super cute. And there's, a, you can't see it through the video, okay? But sometime when I see you in real life, I'll show you. But there's, like, this etching in the background of it. And they're all little pineapples. And it's so cute. I love it. It's, like shirt wallpaper oh yeah oh yeah but no we could totally start a a pineapple lover or a psych lovers instagram and when i say we i mean kaylee because yo homie doesn't do social media very well i'm not on any social media currently um because i i don't balance it well in in myself it's a mental health thing so um but i mean if i was only doing it for the show and i didn't let myself like doom scroll it's a maybe it's a maybe from me okay well let's say if we get 10 people to email in Ooh. and say I would be I would be excited to see some to the blueberry uh instagrams we will have a very very serious discussion about it but <laughs> 10 people good luck That's yeah whenever that happens to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com <laughs> all right back into our recap we are at the psych office and um Sean is just basically saying, dude, I shouldn't have gotten any of these tickets. Anyway, I was using my ambassador plates. <laughs> You're not an ambassador. I am a goodwill ambassador to Baraqua. 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 Which I'm pretty sure is supposed to be Paraguay, which is in South America. Okay, okay. I had no idea what it was. Yeah, that's what I went with. Really couldn't tell you. Nope, oh, Okay. They are watching TV and they see that there is this fourth grade teacher who is on the television for murdering a guy named Jackson Hale. And first I wrote down Nathan Hale. I had to rewind that like three times to be like, wait, what's going on in this scene? (laughs) Jackson Hale apparently is a, well, before we get there. So Sean is kind of confused and is asking Gus what's going on. And Sean said, or Gus said, don't you watch the news? Hmm. And while Sean is very casually. Pineapple. Eating pineapple. <laughs> while Sean is ca- very casually eating pineapple, he said, I don't watch Channel 8 anymore. Boyd Lansing wears a toupee. It's like every newscast starts with a lie. I wrote that down, too. That's so great. Um, But, yeah, so they're getting into it, and um, Gus is explaining the ins and outs of the case to Sean. The fourth grade teacher um, met Hale. They canoodled. She stabbed him with a letter opener, and so now she's on trial for his murder. And all of which Gus feels like is, like, a lot of evidence to prove that this is the woman who did it. Like, her fingerprints are all over the letter opener. Right, but here's the thing. Like, the guy who's actually on the news talking about this is the prosecuting attorney, and Gus hates this man. And so we get to hear this man just talking and basically saying everything we just said about it. Um, And he, he keeps saying, like, there's this mountain of evidence, this is an open shut you know, course of justice kind of case. And then, um, let me see. Oh, so um, then Gus just basically says, see, there's just something about him I hate. And and <laughs> Sean goes, yeah, but she didn't do it, though. Like, oh, yeah. Just offhand. That's when, that's when Sean goes into the big long line about talking about picking up the piece of trash for no good reason and then making this intense eye contact and like untroubled looking into another human's eyes and being a courteous individual 
It's the tint on the window to the soul. <laughs> There's a lot of good ones like this. But so <clears throat> Gus reiterates the line mountain of evidence. Like that is said two or three times in this one scene. And I was just like, guys, new phrase. But next. <laughs> At least it's not a mountain of mashed potatoes. Uh, throwback. Um, yep. Next on the television, we're seeing Sandra. What's her full name? Sandra? Sandra Panish. Panish. Yeah. So her lawyer is on screen and Sean's like, oh man, this guy's a mess. Like, he looks sweaty. He's got a pocket square, but it's not a stylish pocket square. It looks like it's like mopping up his flop sweat. And like. He's, he's stumbling over words. He's not being, like, he's not making eye contact. He's kind of shifty. He's like, this guy is just, he's like an anxiety riddled mess. And it's, you don't love to see it in a lawyer defending you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, especially in someone that Sean really believes is innocent. He's kind of worried that this hunched over sweaty guy is kind of going to blow it for this woman because he really thinks that she's innocent. Sandra's innocent. And so that's when he decides that they're going to be legal consultants. But we did find out that the guy's name is, is it Adam? I can't. I just kept calling him Hornstalker. I don't know what his first so name is. So his last name is Hornstock and. Hornstock, thank you. Yeah. And I think I wrote down Adam for his first name, but I can't read it, y'all. Like, this is where I am in life. I can't, I can't read my note. So after the credits. <laughs> Oh wait, I do wanna I do wanna go back since I'm looking up since I'm looking up um what Hornstock's actual name is in the episode. Um on Amazon Prime video, the episode is called Cloudy dot 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 chance of murder. There's no with that in there. So <gasps> So on Peacock, it's cloudy with a chance of murder, no dot, dot, dot. And then on IMDb, it's cloudy, dot, 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 with a chance of murder. So have no we have three different titles, you guys. Three. No, we are at a loss. Um, sound, <laughs> off in, sound off in their email, guys. Come on. In case, uh, you <laughs> Give us a reason to engage. Um, <laughs> to the blueberry podcast at gmail.com. Love it. Love it. All right. So we're back at the courthouse and um, Gus gets an intro, but it it's kind of his yeah. own name. So he just gets sort of introduced. This is G- Gus. Oh, well, just, no, he doesn't he, really finish he it. Said, He's just like, yeah, Gus uh, is my here. My name is Sean Spencer. <laughs> that's S-P-E-N-S-E-R. And this is my partner, Burton Guster. That's G-U-S-U-N-A-R. Like he never ended up spelling his last name. Yeah, leaves it off. <laughs> Did he spell his last name wrong? Did I not hear that? No, I think he just spelled it. Oh, uh, wait. Did you no, say I, Maybe I spelled it wrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's an Alexis problem, not a, not a <laughs> not <Alexis> problem. <laughs> no worries, we good. Woo, but basically they co-opt this, the press that are waiting outside the door because the door is being guarded by, well, a guard, a bailiff, man, sir, person. And, um... They're gonna do like a little, uh, a little razzle dazzle sneak in. So, <laughs> so that's why they're co-opting. The dazzle and stretch streak in. The, da- the dazzle in and the stretch. Oh yeah, yeah. Sean doesn't razzle dazzle. This isn't Chicago. He dazzles and stretches. <laughs> so with his dazzle and stretch, um, he's just talking in circles around these reporters and saying that um, nobody's motorcycle should be taken away from them and no for no further <laughs> comments at this time and they're in the bailiff like blocks the press from continuing to pester them with questions and lets them in um oh just like it's normal like the bailiff is like oh yeah these guys are legit okay we're good <laughs> so they're kind of bickering and gus says um you know i was pre-law once maybe i should have continued with it and sean's like <laughs> dude you weren't though he goes well i was pre-pre-law in sixth grade it was an accelerated program <laughs> It was an accelerated program. I love that line. <laughs> It'll come back. Um, Sean sees a fancy lady juror cringing at Hornstock, whose first name we still aren't sure of. Um, I'm still trying to find it. I promise I'm not over <laughs> here just ignoring you. Uh, here we go. Yes, Adam Hornstock is correct. Woo! I barely could read that might have been Adam. 
Oh, oh, but yes, Fancy Lady. Yeah, Fancy Lady was on the jury, and she is just glaring at Hornstock, like, what the heck is wrong with this person? And not only did uh, Gus and Sean realize it, well, never mind. Gus and Sean very, real, very quickly realized that Fancy Lady with the Pearls did not like Hornstock. But the judge, whose name is Judge Leland, who is who is a- very... He strikes me as like a like a, a someone like as an actor. Oh, well, he's very grumpy in in this particular episode. I don't know who he is, but oh, I'm already on IMD, IMDb, so I'll look it up while you keep going. Woohoo! <laughs> so Sean is basically watching this happen, and he just goes, "Dude, we are so hired," and uh, he takes uh, whatever moment he he can grab and he goes over to Hornstock and he's basically like, dude, I'm the psychic for the SVPD. And that juror, there's something about you. She don't like. And Hornstock's like, well, I don't like her. She's been frowning at me this whole trial. And, and I haven't even got up to speak yet. Yeah. So Sean's basically like, I'm having trouble. It's not that bad. A Sue, your hair's not, awful and oh it's the tie it's got to be this hideous tie (laughs) um just kind of (laughs) what's wrong with the tie it's just a little bit (laughs) yeah ick um so he co-ops gus's tie so well can i okay can i just say gus's outfit is better without that tie like there's just too much pattern in gus's outfit the tie has a weird, like, imprint texture pattern. Mm-hmm. It's blue with, like, a texture, and there's just too much going on. Like, Gus's look is better without it. So, so, but Gus is always, like, so well-dressed mm-hmm. that even, like, without the tie or with the tie, he's still, like, seven or eight steps above Sean and five or six steps above Hornstock. Oh, for sure, for sure. And um, so... It, Sean's like, do this, change it out, and then, you know, make your opening statement or whatever the heck. And so Hornstock does it. And instant turnaround from Miss Fancy Lady. Oh, yes. It's beautiful. So is it when, yeah, it's when he's talking to Sean afterwards that Sean is going in for the fist bump and Hornstock grabs his fist and shakes it. Yeah. (laughs) I just said, ick. <laughs> the Hornstock is like, I would hire you guys, but I just can't. My firm really doesn't believe in... Sean goes, winning? No. Mermaids? No. The Minotaur? No. Me. And I was just like, oh, Hornstock. The- Sean and Gus are leaving, and they end up running into Juliet and Lassie, who are outside of the courtroom. And they're here because this is Lassie's arrest. He arrested Sandra Panich. And they are not there because Lassiter uh, was the man with the sequined glove and shirt that said, please free the man in the mirror from the Michael Jackson hearing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so of its time. Yes. Um, and Sh- that was a good pop culture. Sean. Yes. Sean DeVal. <clears throat> Starting over. Sean, Sean divulges that he has just been hired as a legal consultant on this case for the defense. And he thinks she's innocent. And he's, you know, on the case now. And weirdly, Lassie says, yeah, um, don't screw this one up. Just don't screw this one up. And that's what, Sean was super confused. And he was like, that really wasn't that bad. What, what was the joke? That was actually kind of inspiring Inspiring. (laughs) okay so we're like what is going on here yeah that's a that's a good that's a good moment for for lassiter Mm -hmm. um and we actually have a lot although lassiter is not like huge in this episode we have a really a lot of really good moments with him in this episode and that's one of them yeah yeah we don't see a lot of our um intrepid detectives plural Mm -hmm. in this episode but what we do get i i like um 
And it's like even when, you know, even when they're quote unquote on opposing sides, they're not. <laughs> like they're just like, I just love this team in this show. So mm-hmm. then we are at the law firm of And we are not in Hornstock's office. Because Sean didn't like that office. <laughs> the, in the office of where, whatever the office of the person it Jarecki. is. Did you get the name? Yeah. Jarecki, perfect. Apparently, Jarecki was actually the one who dumped this case onto Hornstock. And Hornstock is really, really nervous um, that they're in there and that he's going to come back. But Sean's like, oh, don't worry. He's with his mistress. He's having we a have... nooner with his mistress. We have yeah, like we have two at least hours. Two hours. And then he just sees the picture of the guy and he's like, okay, maybe an hour and a half. That's probably including some driving. Not to shame anyone, but I mean, this man is no. not in his prime. No, we'll, we'll absolutely put that on. <laughs> well, Sean's like, well, your name is on this office. Why, or on this partnership, like, why are you so, like, not here, not excited, not confident about it? None of those horn stocks is me. <laughs> his grandfather, his brother, I'm sorry, his grandfather, his father, his brother, and his sister's married name are all up on the door, but his hornstock is not. Yeah. So Sean and Gus start asking for the documentation that he has so far, like the discovery and, you know, all of the, the evidentiary stuff. Um, and hornstock starts handing it out and he hands Gus something and then he hands him this big binder and then he pulls out a second huge binder and hands it to Sean <laughs> and he's just like, yeah, no, brah, I'm, I'm not doing the reading. I'm going to get boots on the ground. I'm going to re-examine. I've got to do my own thing. This is my style. This is how I get my results. I need to see, feel, and smell people. But Gus is about those binders. Oh. He immediately starts looking at them. He immediately starts reading them. He's like, this is good stuff. I better check this out. And I got to be honest, like, if you handed me discovery for a murder case, I'd be like, gimme, 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 gimme. Like, <laughs> full on grabby I'd hands. Be like, is there an audiobook version of this? I would be so excited. I was like, what have we got? What do we actually have? What are they saying they have? Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a lot. So I think boots on the ground kind of re-examining, um, is a good idea and it's very on brand for Sean. So we're going straight to channel eight guys. This is the actual crime scene. Yes. They decide that they want to walk the crime. Uh, once they're into the area, they're kind of figuring everything out. They're kind of looking around and finally they're like, all right, let's walk the crime. And so they noticed the big green screens in the back of the like area and ask the assistant whose name is Priscilla. I did not get it. Is she, when is she named? I'm almost certain her name is Priscilla. (laughs) Um, But we'll, we'll do a double check on that. They ask Priscilla what the green screen is and she just kind of explains it to them. And uh, anybody who is listening to our podcast at this point definitely knows what a green screen is. So (laughs) we're not going to be dumb, but we do end up with Gus playing an acre man and it's adorable. Yeah. Like Sean almost has to reverse psychology him into it though. Cause he's like, okay, then you go to the booth and I'll play anchor man. And Gus is like, come on, son. I got this. Um, they end up, he's doing like all these vocal exercises and he's talking about how if he was a broadcaster, he would be like, and in local news, a local pharmacist stops a giant murderer, something along those lines. He's just talking himself out. Well, he's actually uh, telling the truth because he has provided the crucial piece of evidence in many a psych freak out breakdown solving of the crime. Yes, over and over and over again. But... Sean ends up getting on the, the microphone and saying, and then ran away screaming like a girl. And he goes, that was one time, Sean, one time. Oh my gosh. Which, I mean, we remember that episode well, so. It's happened one time so far, Gus. Yeah, it'll happen again. And, and Sean will do it too. You so. know I don't do d- dead bodies, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> they end up in... A, they end up in 
Jackson Hale's office. And there is an actual meteorologist in there who is a member of Hale's team, and his name is Reuben Leonard. And Reuben is kind of sitting on the floor packing up Hale's belongings to give to his family or something like that. Apparently, he's been on Hale's team for six years, and he told them that he really respected this guy, but there was some very clear evidence in the office that showed that this guy had not been respecting Jackson Hale. Oh, yeah. So Sean sees that, like, his awards as a meteorologist and, like, a weatherman are destroyed, tossed in the trash. Like, this guy's disposing of this man's stuff. Like, like discarding this man's stuff. <laughs> and they're just like, okay, and they just nope right out of there. But they do end up back in, it looks like the courtroom, but not the actual courtroom itself, but maybe the courthouse. And they have Sandra, the murderer, quote, ah, I just hit my headphones, the quote-unquote murderer, sitting there, and Gus starts questioning her like he is the prosecutor. Oh, yeah, he goes in for Sandra Panich, which oh, yes. definitely sounds like a name from something else. Like, it sounds like a, like a legit true crime name to me. It's a cool one. Also, I did look up... Um, uh, Judge Leland, and he has been in a ton. I of was things. just looking him up. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So he's like OG, Aww. okay? Like, but it, her name is yes, Priscilla. We we were right about the assistant. Perfect. They do come up with a little bit more information during this fake pro- cross examination, if you will. During this fake cross cross examination, if you will, um, they do decide that Sandra and Jackson had never met before that night. Sandra ended up with a lot of bruises and scratches all over her body and then she actually had his skin under her fingernails when they did the fingernail scraping. And Gus says, was that all from the sexual relations? It got passionate. (laughs) She also says she just moved here from Wisconsin so she didn't know that many people and she was charmed by what's his nuts. She wasn't sure, she, when they started to ask, like, what actually happened to him, she didn't know. She said she didn't see anything, she, or she doesn't remember it. Um, all she knows is that she woke up next to the murdered guy and just ran out of there because she was so scared. She was covered in his blood, and she was seen running away from the scene. And she knows that looks bad, but... Uh, it, it wasn't her. That's what she, she keeps saying. It wasn't me. I didn't do it. Like, okay. So, not that thinking about this in a, anything other than the evidence on hand way, but, like, just to empathize for a minute, you meet somebody, you hit it off, you, you, you get down and dirty, you wake up covered in their blood with them d- dead near you. Like, oh, my God. Can you even imagine? Yeah. I would run away. Also... Have you seen the HBO Max original Flight Attendant? No. That is the whole plot line of the first season. Oh, spoiler. She meets a guy. <laughs> she hits it off. Well, that, that's just the first episode. <laughs> and then she wakes up next to him dead, and she's covered in his blood. I mean... And then she flees. Okay, listen. Maybe I'm as green as grass. Maybe I trust our broken system too much. If I woke up in someone's blood with them dead near me, I- I'm screaming, yes. Um, I'm panicking, sure. I'm probably calling the cops or the authorities of some sort. Uh, yeah, I do think my instincts would kick in and I'd end up calling 911. Um, and it's weird that calling 911 is my instincts, but uh, you guys don't know what my job was for seven years, so 911 was a normal thing I did, but I still think I would run away. I mean... I might run away while calling 911, but there's no way I would stay there. Yeah, it might depend on where I was. Like, if it's at my house, I'm like, something terrible happened in my safe place. Nothing is right. Everything's broken. I have nowhere else to go yet. Um, If I'm at a hotel or in a news studio, Mm -hmm. really, it's anyone's guess what my knee-jerk reaction would be. But what I'm saying is, it's not that weird a thing that she woke up, freaked out, ran away. Yeah. And anyone who says different is cold-hearted okay 
Gus is laying in on her in this questioning, and then finally Sean just pulls him into the hallway, and he's like, hey, listen, um, you are scaring her, you are poking holes in her story, we need to figure out exactly what's going on. And Gus said, we need to do an investigation. And Sean was like, but I believe her and Hornstock believes her. So that's all that really matters, right? And then Gus ends up quoting this case, Corey versus Bulviker from 1955, where the key piece of evidence was a half-melted candlestick. And he goes, where are our candlesticks, Sean? And Sean said, maybe you just jumped over them. Be nimble. Be quick. <laughs> um, they do realize, um, well, they see while they're out in the corridor that the judge is walking by and he's grabbing his, like, back. And Sean's like, oh, man, that poor guy looks like his back is really hurting him. And Gus comes in with the explain, like, he's not grabbing his back. Gus for the win. He's grabbing his kidneys. That man has kidney stones. Good to have up our sleeve for later. <laughs> Absolutely. That's one of those things that you just you just put all in the good old memory bank and hold on. Here's where I wrote down Priscilla's name because they're in the courtroom and Priscilla, the receptionist, is on the stand. And Hornstock is just asking her some weird questions. Um, specifically, if Sandra has ever called Jackson Hill before, which we know definitely hasn't happened because she just came into town and she just met him that night. Uh, how many people call him? Are there often women calling? Um, are there often women come, calling at the same time? And Priscilla finally admits that she often gets calls from females and that she often has to help him juggle those calls. Everything is so weird for Sean, or I'm sorry, for Hornstock. And so when he goes back to this, to the table thingy, whatever, the defendant table. Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, He's, Sean's like, what is going on, Hornstock? And he said, you have this great support system. It gives you that easy confidence. He's like, yeah. I, I, he's like, my dad has not ever seen me in court one time since I became a lawyer. You've been here a day and your dad's already here. Like, I mean, this must all come so easy for you. But I mean, in his defense, Sean was like, you were doing so great. What the heck happened to the end there? You kind of like mm -hmm. messed it all up there and went nowhere. They, Sean turns around and there Henry is sitting in the courtroom and he just waves at Sean. And Sean just stands up and asks for a recess because he wants to go confront Henry. But the prosecutor objects to this. this the prosecutor doesn't even want Sean there. He's like, why are you even here? You're, you're not a lawyer. It's not a joke. Um... But they all end up going up to the vent. Right here is right here is where I realized that Sean is in court wearing a blazer, sure, but he's wearing jeans. Jeans. Yes. Okay, I googled. Um, I looked this up because I was like, um, is he not getting called out for wearing jeans in a court of law for a reason? But according to the um, dress code finder website I found, the Santa Barbara courthouse is a is a casual. Really? Dress code. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they expect attorneys to dress a certain way, but again, Sean's not an attorney, and being in mm -hmm. court, apparently jeans are okay there. I mean, it's California, so whatevs, but... Sean does end up calling the per the prosecutor, the big bad prosecutor with a sweet head, <laughs> and starts talking about how he is the lead psychic detective for the SBPD and that there is a man in the courtroom who can vouch for him and vouch for his work that he's done previously. And he ends up pointing at Lassie. Yeah, it's an esteemed member of the Santa Barbara Police Department who he's worked with multiple times. And so the judge challenges that. He calls this bluff and calls on Lassie. He's like, do you know this man? Has he been actually helpful? Like, everyone's eyebrows are raised. They're like... And without hesitation, Carlton's like, yes. And yes. And yes. Absolutely. I just wrote, the fuck, Carlton? Like... <laughs> He's vouching for Sean with zero qualifiers. Then Sean asks for a copy of the transcript because he wants to frame it and hang it upside down. And the judge is getting sassy with Sean, and Sean decides to play psychic for the judge. He starts going, 
he starts to say something. Goes, oh, ah, you poor, poor man. Um, something about the stones and the judge is thrown because he's like, I haven't told anybody what's going on with me, and he's like. Sean's giving him advice, like health advice. Like, yes. does he say gargle with mineral water? A gargle with mineral water for a few minutes and then follow that up with a, a good green. I suggest asper- asparagus tips because that way later, when, when you're, you're making, making water, water <laughs> you know it's working. And the judge is about to bang his gavel and Sean just kind of raises his finger like, like, are you sure? You might, you might want to listen to me. And... The guy hesitates, and he's just like, oh, God, fine, whatever, whatever. <laughs> recess granted. They end up getting the recess, yeah. And Sean and Henry are in the hallway talking, and Henry It's is a confrontation. Kind of, yeah, yeah, for sure. Henry's kind of like, what are you doing in there? This is funny. You're not a lawyer. Um, and we do end up finding out that Henry often goes to the courthouse Usually on Thursdays. Does everybody just have their hobby days on Thursdays? Because <laughs> Gus is going to the planetarium. I was thinking just that. I was like, Thursdays are Gus's planetarium days. <laughs> Apparently he got a call about Sean practicing law, quote unquote, and decided that today would just be a fun bonus day. Yeah. And he's on this kick about like, because whatever you're doing here is reflecting back on me. Like, your name is my name, bucko. But Sean Mm -hmm. gets sassy right back. He's like, my man, it's not my fault. You retired too early. You've still got this bug. You've still got this itch you need to scratch all the time, apparently. And he's like, that's not on me. Not really. And Henry just begs to differ, you know? Finally, Henry just walks out. Bully's walking out. He screams. Took you long enough with the kidney stones. He was holding it back for a good moment, okay? <laughs> we end up back in the courtroom, and now Leonard Rubin, the other meteorologist Ruben from Leonard? Channel 8. Ruben Leonard, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other meteorologist from Channel 8 uh, gets asked if he can identify the person who was running away from the crime scene. And he, in fact, does identify Sandra Panic. Panic? Panic. Panich. Sandra Panich. Sandra panicking. Sandra's not panicking. Sandra actually stays pretty cool, so. Yeah, she doesn't get um, to do much in this episode, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sean kind of says, like, this guy's blowing smoke. He didn't respect this man. It's not a loss for him. Everything he's saying on the stand, besides, like, identifying who was running away, because we do know that that part's true, um, is just, it's a total crock. And... Um, Hornstock says, like, yeah, but, I mean, I don't think this guy did it. And Sean's like, yeah, not the point. And then he's like, ah, ah, blowing my mind, light bulb. (laughs) We can plant a seed with the jury, reasonable doubt. If this man had hatred and resentment for the victim, that could be enough just to, like, throw a wrench in the prosecution's case. There you go, Johnny Applestock. (laughs) (laughs) Love that nickname. Um, and Sean looks back and Henry's just staring daggers straight at him, looking nowhere else. So, um, Hornstock takes this little tidbit from Sean and he runs with it, questioning Reuben. The questions, though, are, are asking him if he's a meteorologist, but you're not a meteorologist on the air, right? Is it because you don't have a meteorologist's name? And Sean just starts writing stuff down. And... <laughs> Uh, Hornstock ends up going, have you ever considered going by the name Bolt Lightning? Cloudy McMillan? Windy Morning Dew? That's and a woman's that, name. <laughs> that edging, egging, egging, whatever the word is, works. And he ends up kind of blowing his lid and he, uh, Ruben goes, I was gonna say, I wrote Ruben erupts, so we're both like, <laughs> <laughs> He goes, uh, he was worthless to anyone who was a real meteorologist like myself. And then ends up going on and saying that somebody should have stabbed him in the heart a long, long time ago. Ooh. So, I mean, Hornstock walks back over to the table. Is, this, is that this part where Sean goes, goal? Like, oh. Sean, as, he's, as Ruben is kind of losing his crap, Sean's hands are just kind of slowly going up in the air. And then once he ends up doing it, he goes, 
like straight up in the air in like a gold motion. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's but they okay. do have another fist shake. I know. I was gonna say he goes in for the fist bump again, and Hornstock, without even thinking about it, just grabs it and shakes it, just like it's a normal thing now. <laughs> we are outside, and Lassiter is very angry that it was raining, and was very angry that the meteorologist got it wrong. Yeah, uh, Lassie stepped in a puddle, and he's got beautiful shiny shoes, and he's kind of upset that he stepped in a puddle, and those. Damn weathermen can never get it right. Sean goes on this this like rampage about group thinkers. I don't understand where that came from or what it was, but I think he was just trying to make fun of Lassiter. Yeah, I think he's he's just like picking at him and um Lassie kinda huffs and, and walks away essentially. And Jules confronts Sean at this point and she's like, You have no idea what Lassie has or thinks or what he's on to and you'd do well to kind of like consider what he's got or like why he's even here or what he thinks yeah it's you're missing something that's right in front of your face you could learn something about Lassiter you could learn something about Lassiter I think is what she ends up saying and then she just gets a nice little nag into Sean and said Sean I don't care what anyone else says the pink shirt is working and then she starts to walk away, but she ends up dropping all of these papers. Now, I know it's a television show, but from your perspective, do you think Juliet dropped the papers on purpose, or do you think that was just a happy accident? Mm, I don't think that Jules will ever admit to having even almost done it on purpose, but I do think that there was a, if you're going to be too dense, like, here's a little something if you're yeah. smart enough to take this opportunity. Like, so she drops stuff and Sean sees sort of upside down or backwards or something, this memo, and he kind of takes note of it and he reconstructs it from memory like mm -hmm. he often does. And um, he figures out that it says that Lassiter sent a memo to the prosecution or to the DA's office or whatever. Phelps, to Phelps the prosecutor. And then Sean was like, why would we, why would he do that? And that's when Gus said, um, don't you ever watch Law and Order? The two work together sometimes. <laughs> and then points out that there was no memo in evidence from the 7th. So whatever this memo was, it was worth the prosecution hiding. Yeah, it was uh, suppressed, uh, not given in discovery, which is not legal. <laughs> and can be cause for a mistrial. So it's a good information to have. We do end up back in the courtroom. And Hornstock and... has combed his hair. It's looking a little different. I know. His hair gets better and better and better as the episode goes on. I mean, for what it's worth, his haircut's still not great, but... <laughs> when uh, Hornstock is getting ready to question Lassie, that's when Sean said, you need to, you need to ask him about this memo. And Hornstock was like, you never ask a question... Uh, I'm sorry. Um, first, the first rule of trial law. The first rule of trial law: never ask a question you don't know the answer to. But Sean just knows that there's something on this memo that's gonna do something. That's gonna do something. So they end up asking Lassie about it, and Lassie points out that he was questioning whether or not the defense had. I'm sorry, whether or not the defendant had a motive at all to. Uh, kill Jackson Hale. Yeah, and I think part of when you think you've got your man or when you can narrow it down enough, you think means, motive, opportunity. And sure, she had the means. There was a, a letter opener there that was at the scene. Sure, she had opportunity. They were at this location together. But did she have any kind of motive at all? Like, there's a certain amount of, like, psychological consideration you know, you go into when making an arrest or narrowing down your suspects. Hornstock ends up calling for a mistrial because he had not seen that piece of evidence. The judge has them approach again. And when he approaches, he's drinking mineral water and eating asparagus. Yeah, he's got like a cup of asparagus right there. Yeah. Hornstock says mistrial. The judge is like, come talk to me about this. This is bullshit. Um, and, <laughs> and Phelps basically says, we may have been sent a memo, but whether or not we saw it is uh, anyone's guess, and we didn't knowingly suppress it, so this isn't cause for a mistrial. Also, we've got this um, piece of evidence to ad ad administer 
Um, and the judge basically says, if this is that cockamamie thing that you tried to submit earlier that I told you needed to be authenticated before I'd even consider it as a piece of evidence. Um, and basically Sean remembers hearing someone talking to Phelps and Phelps says, well, has it been authenticated? And he's mm-hmm. like, oh crap, they've got a tape just as they submit a tape in for evidence. And when, when he submits it, when the prosecutor submits it, he says very, very loudly, I would like to enter this tape that shows Sandra murdering Jackson Hale. And then everyone in the courtroom is like, <gasps> he's just poisoned the jury pool. Like that. Oh yeah. That's bull. Cra- of course there should be a mistrial at this point, but whatever. The judge has everyone come to his chambers because outbursts like this can't be allowed. And Phelps is enraged that Sean and Gus are even present. They're not attorneys. (laughs) They have no right to be here. And he calls Gus a sidekick. I I object to this on the grounds of unfair surprisery. (laughs) But Gus gets called a sidekick and Gus is about to throw hands. I am nobody's side. Like, he just goes for the guy. It's the greatest thing ever to see. All right. Let's just take a beat. Let's take a step back. And Sean and Gus and Hornstock all take a step back. And Phelps is just like, what is going on He knows they're circus freaks. He doesn't respect it. (laughs) Hate the play and not the game. The judge does end up suggesting that Sandra take the murder to plea. Uh, based on what he has already seen on the tape. Yeah, so he watched the video, and he's like, this is pretty damning. I'm going to suggest that you get your client to accept the murder to plea deal. And Phelps um, says, you know what? I'm going to let you have time with it. I'm going to let you watch it. I'm going to give you until tomorrow morning to accept the murder to plea deal. How benevolent. Consider this my gift to you. Such an ass. What, yeah. No wonder no wonder Gus doesn't like the guy. I mean Gus knows. <laughs> yeah. We're still in kind of the courtroom area, the courthouse area, and Sean and Gus and Hornstock are watching this tape. And it is for sure them in the studio area with the green screen behind them. And it's a video of them having sex. And Gus points out that Sandra doesn't realize she's being taped. But you can totally tell just in the moment that this smarmy asshole, Jackson Hale, knows where the camera is, looks into it, and Sean basically says, this isn't this man's first rodeo. Like, he's a He says barbecue, actually. Barbecue. This This isn't his first barbecue either. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. And then we get our, look at his hair. It's horrible. (laughs) <laughs> because you can see, like, the, the, it's in the high depth. You can see the sweat on this guy's neck. His hair, horrible hair. Did you, did you catch any delicious this episode? I guess I want to ask. I did not. Because I caught the horrible. I, yeah. They end up talking to Sandra after they, they watch the video, and Hornstock is like, take the deal. Like, this is damning. It really is. Yeah. And, she goes, no, I didn't do it. I'm not going to admit to it. And Sean goes, don't take the deal. Well, he says that after Gus has also said you need to take it. And everyone's consulting her. And he dissents, if we're going to use like legal terms. He, he's dissenting um, as a voice. And everyone's like, are you crazy, man? But he believes he can find something, anything. He knows he has to, but he believes he can. You just work on your li- you just work on your closing arguments and leave the rest to me. And then he walks out. And then we're with Henry. Um Sean keeps saying everyone says this is a crime of passion. And Henry's like crimes of passion are hardly ever about lust or sex. Crimes of passion are more often about hatred or revenge or those kind of emotions. Like that's what's at the root of these. And he's like Kind of like I know what Lassiter is talking about. Like I, you know, if it's just lust or sex or something vague, there there doesn't feel like a motive. Like she doesn't feel like she has one. They both know that Ruben didn't do it, 
because they're smart guys, but they feel like he's probably their best bet. Or because he yeah, at he's... least had that revenge hatred feeling to him. Right. Like that's that's the emotion you're looking for. Like if you can find that, you know, even though we know this guy didn't do it, then you have your actual suspect. Sean is trying to figure out, or the, while they're talking about it, Sean ends up saying, I'm under a lot of pressure. I, you're in the courtroom, breathing down my neck. You're being all kinds of shady. And now I have to hitch rides everywhere because my bike got impounded and Henry just smiles. Yeah, some kind of, so it, I think he says something about a, a meter made with a vendetta against my motorcycle and... Well, maybe you shouldn't park 14 feet from a fire hydrant. Gasp. Is Henry the tipster? Sean accuses him of tipping them off. And he just kind of walks away. He doesn't really deny it. (laughs) They end up back on this whole, like, this is my name. Henry said, I'm the one who taught you how to drive. You represent me when you're on that bike. All this BS about, like, you are my legacy. Yeah. Not this, the, the work that I actually did, my actual name. But you as an extension of me, which I hate. I hate this. And it's just like earlier in the episode when they were talking about how it was Henry's name at the end of his letterhead. And how him being this fake psychic represents Henry in some way. And I'm just like... I can't tell if Henry, well, at the moment, I can't tell if Henry really, really loves Sean and just doesn't understand how to explain it, or if Henry really believes that and Sean is just messing up. Sean is talking about, like, you're still just always trying to impose your will on me. Like, this, like you go around all these other avenues just so that you can still get your way and be in control of the situation in my life. You always hated my bike was one of the things that Sean ended up saying, um, especially since that accident I had, which was in episode two, not later on in the series. Like <laughs> I thought it was. And Henry gets really huffy here, and he's basically like, okay, maybe change your emergency contact information. If you're going to ride this bike and live recklessly and do all the things that you want to do because you feel like you want to do them and not listen to me, then don't end up back on my doorstep or have me called when this happens again, basically. And that for me was the turning moment where I was like, Henry, Henry was really scared for Sean when he had his motorcycle accident. And every time he drives that motorcycle, he is afraid for Sean's life. So I think this entire time when Henry was kind of being like a, an a-hole for no reason, it was really just Henry trying to figure out how to express his love for Sean in a way that worked for them as a dynamic. But it's kind of that thing where controlling someone isn't love and being controlling is not being loving. It's not romantic. It's not cute. Like Mm-mm. letting someone have autonomy and just like actually having a freaking conversation, Henry, is the way to go. So yeah, back back to this this toxic masculinity that we always talk about, especially between Henry and Sean. It's just they don't they don't know how to express themselves appropriately. <laughs> but we're back at the psych office. Yeah. So it's morning, and Sean is covered in Chinese takeout and chopsticks still in his mouth noodles upon him and in the background the video is playing yes ma'am okay let's talk about these chopsticks <laughs> i believe this is a pop culture reference specifically to the fresh prince of bel-air early on in the series when queen latifah makes her like stint um she's on she's on like two or three episodes of fresh prince of bel-air and um I remember those were good ones. Yeah, they end up, like, joking. Like, Queen Latifah and Will Smith end up joking about stuff. And they finally realized that they were meant for one another because they had their straws up in their teeth. And they were making, like, like walrus tusks. Tusks. And they were making, like, straw puns about it. 
And I was like, that is 100% a callback to Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. There is no way it's not. <laughs> I love that not, you made that. I'm sorry, but I believe it. Didn't they, like, lock eyes across the dance floor while they were both doing yeah. that? And the people they were with yeah. weren't getting it? Yeah. Not at all. <laughs> Henry, I'm sorry. Sean's watching the videotape, kind of, also kind of sleeping. And Gus comes pounding in, and he's like, dude, we're late for court. I, like, we need to go. And that is when Sean notices something on the video. It's, it's kind of doing this weird, like, end-of-the-tape loop thing. And um, then we're in court. And um, I wrote Osterman. So I guess that's Priscilla, right? Priscilla Osterman? Yes. Um, she, it, Sean says, like, you got to trust me on this. Um, there's reason enough. If, if you go for it, recall her as a witness. Recall her if you can. And he said he can only do that if there's some new evidence. And Sean's like, I got this. Just ask her if she's absolutely certain that she never slept with Jackson Hale. Which he and does, but then there's an objection and it's upheld because that was already asked and answered. Like, stop belaboring the point. Sean ends up kind of screaming from the defendant table thingy that I still don't know what it's called. But did you want to? And that gets another objection. And, oh, he's not a real lawyer. He has no right to ask questions in court. Gus for the and win! Then, Gus coming in clutch. Yep. He comes in with a precedent and showing that Sean can. It's kind of at the judge's discretion um, in the pursuit so of the truth. That's rule seven, according to Gus, that's rule 775A under California state, uh, state rule of evidence, state rules of evidence. And I looked it up, and I actually think that is a correct quotation. I thought that was going to be another, like, um, 128, like, uh, insurance fraud kind of call, and but it wasn't. That was the actual – I think that's the actual one. Um, the judge ends up upholding, upholding Sean's ability to speak and looked at Gus and said, where did you go to law school, young man? <laughs> Gus said, just sixth grade law, but it was an accelerated program. Oh my god. So, Sean says that the tape is proof, and then he has somebody put the tape on, but I think this is after he's questioned her, and he's like, gotten to the point of like, yeah, all these women were calling, and yeah, you were juggling all these calls for him, and, and you were with him every day, and he never even considered looking at you. And... Um, it's just like, what, what are you, what are you talking about? And we see on the tape in the clouds, right before we hear the screams, um, there's like an outline and it's not just a, a cloud shape or movement of the clouds. It's a shadow. It's an outline of a face, a face wearing glasses. And, um, Sean says this was a crime of passion, but not because... He loved you, but because he didn't. Because clouds don't kill people, people kill people. And that's when he tags in Hornstock. And Hornstock just comes in and swoops it out. Pr Priscilla felt like she was invisible while she was on the tape. He broke your heart, so you broke his. And then she just broke down and admitted to the fact that she had, in fact, stabbed him in the Ooh, I move to dismiss the charges against my client immediately. And I like... Take Priscilla in for something. Like yeah, that. like release my client from custody and, and arrest this woman. And like, like, done and done. <laughs> the last scene of the episode is back at the SBPD. And we get some McNabb. 
We do. We do. So we're Sean here for the impound auction, right? Yes, because Sean's going to bid for his motorcycle to get it back. But they run into Henry. And Henry is also there to get Sean's bike back because he feels badly. And then we run into Hornstock. And he's also there to get Sean's bike back because he's so thankful that they helped him. Also, Hornstock has been named a... Full partner. And then has a successful fist bump. Dude, you got the bump. And he has combed hair. <laughs> McNabb brings out the bike and says, it's been pulled from the auction. Um, it was handled internally. The tickets against you were all taken care of. And then we see kind of a an unbuttoned, slightly ruffled looking Carlton enter from where McNabb entered with the bike. And he just basically looks at him like, well, what are you standing here looking at me for? And he walks away. Go home. And I just wrote, Carlton loves Sean. I know. <laughs> okay, so this is why Jamie is my Lassiter. Be- oh, yeah. Because That's so a Jamie move. It's very, so she hated me so much at first. And like, and now, now we're just so tight. Like, I won her over. <laughs> also, I could 100% see Jamie, like, taking care of something and then just like, what do you mean? I didn't take care of anything. Bye. Oh, yeah. She's very much the, it, don't worry about it. What are you talking about? Yeah. Shut up. Yeah. She 100% sent me a card that I got today that said, chin up, tits out. Oh, Love it. The inside of it just said, I saw this card, I laughed, and I thought of you. And Drew was like, why does she think of you? And I was like, I don't know, but it kind of reminds me of me too. Um, 100%. Especially because you and I both did time in the theater department. And putting your best foot forward fully mm-hmm. meant head up tits out. So. Yep. <laughs> but that, that, was, uh, that was definitely a good episode. It wasn't, uh, I felt like that episode went fast. I only ended up with three pages of notes. I usually hit four. Yeah, I've got like three and a half. And one of them is like my quote for the end of the episode written real big. And this week I'm (laughs) quoting Guster. I mean, it's not the funniest, snappiest quote, but I'm I'm giving him some love. I like it. We had a couple of pop culture references, but this episode was not heavy on pop culture by any means. We had a Vic mention at the end in the right. courtroom, but again, no no Chief Vic. Um, very little lasting jewels, um, but a good bit of but Henry. But we did get a fist bump, a pineapple, and a horrible. And a horrible. But we haven't got a delicious mm. or a, do you know that's right? Or come or, on, uh, have you heard about Pluto? Or a come on, son. have we had a come on, son at all yet? No, I've said it a good bit. Have we had? I've heard it both ways. We have not, and we haven't had an actual blueberry naming yet. But nope. All right, so we're like we're keeping track of a lot of things, but there's so much to come, and I feel like we're still missing things that will recur that we'll have to take oh, note yeah. of. But yeah, so we we had a couple of failed fist bumps. We had a really glorious, <laughs> successful fist bump. Yeah. We, we have Gus coming in with the info all the time. I love it. I love the, the nerd side, helping out the impulse side. I feel, like, I feel like at the end of the day, we're all a little bit Sean and Gus. But yeah. <laughs> For sure. And that, uh, I think that's the best part about it, that we can all be a little bit of everybody. Although, I will continue to argue that I'm a Gus. Oh, I'm going to claim the Sean. <laughs> well, I am Alexis. Give me the 360 cat dance. Real fast, huh? And I'm Kaylee. I mean, we are trying to ascertain the truth here, aren't we? <laughs> and this, and this has, has been, been To the Blueberry! To the Blueberry! Psych out. <laughs>